Hey there, fight fans. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this episode of Combat Sports Talk. Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Keys. What's happening, everybody? And Kalechi, KC Onyebuchi. It is a pleasure to be with you all. Light and sun be with you. What? <laughs> okay then. You know, you got the prayer hands and everything, you know. We're, I we're know. Here. Namaste, you know. Yeah. Really, you know. My hello was just all the positive vibes to you from the universe. And you know the irony is that we are doing a combat sports talk podcast you know (laughs) i'm sending you all the peaceful vibes before i render you unconscious and separate your consciousness from your body with a boom rocked them (laughs) but isn't that crazy like don't most fighters pray i saw something on twitter where they were trying to figure out if there were any like irreligious uh top fighters and it's like they all pray so what is that prayer like god give me the strength to smish face Smash face. Yeah, smash face. Yes. Yeah. You've seen Conan. They're they're praying to Crom in the background. Yeah, Crom. You know, give me give me the strength to cross my enemies. And if you don't, to hell with you. You know, and that's that's how it goes down. And I'm good with that. Yeah. That's the fun fact of it. Yeah, and guess what? We haven't even done the fun fact of the day yet. No, we have not. Let's talk about the Trisket, dude. Okay, y'all know we're talking Trisket. about Triscuits. Seriously, Triscuits, Triscuits. <laughs> yes, that delicious dry cracker that will survive the post-apocalypse along with most stuff that's in an MRE. Triscuit. Yeah. No, Twinkies will not survive. Okay, maybe I don't know. I like. I, I, I haven't ate a Twinkie in years, but it may survive. But Triscuits, they are made of three ingredients. It's like salt, dirt. And and, and and some cuss words because if you ever taste one, you'll you'll experience all three. I, I promise you. So, uh, do y'all know what a tri- what triscuit? Yes, you know, we're gonna yes, focus we, on the word. Do, do, do you know what triscuit stands for? It's a, it's actually a, a synonym. I, I, a synonym or a, oh, I'm not. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Acronym? What was that? An acronym. Sorry. Cut biscuit. No, believe it or not, it's not. It, it, that's what the common misperception was. It it's was a Trinidad and Tobago biscuit. Yeah, it might be. All right, because it probably <laughs> took up all the water out of there and took all the salt. I mean, it, those things are dry. No, believe it or not, Triscuit does not stand for try. Okay, even though it's made with three simple ingredients, it's literally like wheat, sea salt, and probably water. All right, so there in 1903 is when the Triscuit came is came to be all right it can be you in the original ad it says it can be used as bread toast crackers 
or wafers. Whoever is you can use. They say that you could actually use this with eggs. You can actually use eggs and Triscuit. I'm sure that coach would probably say that's probably a delicious meal. You know, because he's a he's training, and if you're cutting weight and life, your life essence is leaving you, you could put a Triscuit in there and suck up the rest of your life force right there because it's so dry. <laughs> um, believe it or not, Triscuit. Comes the name comes from the process in which they're created, okay? Because back in 1903, 1906, there was you know electricity was just was the latest fad, and the Triscuit is baked by electricity. The electricity is where Triscuit gets its name from. It's electricity Ooh. biscuit. I told y'all not to disown me before the show. Okay, so wow. that's what it is. It's All electricity right. biscuit. There, you, there go. you have it. That is so, John Keyes' fact of the day. The, so when you're rolling up in the club and you're like, hey, girl, what's up? You want to know this fun fact? <laughs> Triscuit. Electricity that's, biscuit. That's how you know I'm this man's been with with a partner for a minute. Because what? Yeah, you know you what? Will not be missing, man. So, so next week, Hold next on. next Tuesday is my nineteenth wedding anniversary. Wow. I'm going to I'm going to find a way to work Triscuit electricity biscuit into the conversation. This is how you do it, okay? You get, you get, all right, for the platter, what you do, you make your platter, get your whole bunch of Triscuit and chocolates, because believe it or not, you can actually use them for that. Triscuit, chocolate, strawberries. Put it out there and say, baby, I love you. And put it out there and just give her that look. You know how Ron Isley gave that look the other night on the versus battle? You do that. All right, there you go. And that just, is and just future- name the next. I just <laughs> named the next child after me. All right, that's all I'm saying. No, not at this age. Future goals. <laughs> Future goals. Triscuit, strawberries, and chocolate for your Valentine or your significant other on whatever day you want to celebrate, whatever it is you want to celebrate. Now, if Nabisco doesn't bring us some loving for for for, for spending three to five minutes on Triscuits, oh. you know, we got a problem here. Oh, oh God. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. All right, that's how you know that they ate. That's that's the conversation breaker right there. Yeah. All right, Tris- there you go. That is John Keyes' random fact of the day. Now let's get into it. This is going to be a huge show. We have a lot to talk about. Not only do we have headlines, not only do we have things to talk about, but we also have three fights in one week. Ooh. Now tomorrow is my day to shine. Tomorrow is the day I'm looking so forward to because one FC on TNT one is going to broadcast. And the main event of the evening is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson fighting to get the flyweight title, which incidentally is at 135 pounds in one FC. So he's actually fighting for the bantamweight title. And I am super excited. He's fighting against Adriano Moraes. So that's going to be a great fight. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show where we'll make our fight picks and people will put their 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 bellies on the line, whether or not they are going to eat some crow next week on next week's show. But let's get into it. 
Go ahead. I'm just saying I, I I'll eat some crow and some triscuit. You, yeah, know? you eat triscuit, a lot of crow. Triscuit, we'll have to get some cris- triscuit sounds. Triscuit. There is. You, have you ever heard the rustling of leaves or the crunching of, of walking across dry grass? That's the sound of triscuit. Okay. Now just some triscuit, some cottage cheese, and some crow, and, you know, and we'd be good. Cottage cheese. <laughs> That's gross. All right. Let's get into it. Our first segment of the day is finding the angles. This is Finding the Angles. This is where we talk about the headlines that are making waves in the MMA world. And we're going to start off with the number one headline of the day. And that is our headliner. All right, here's the headliner. Back in 2014, something happened. That's right. Something happened that changed the the UFC landscape and that was the rollout of the UFC fight kit by Reebok <laughs> I just will never forget the fact that they overplayed the drop fight kit fight kit <laughs> like I, we should go back and get those cuz we broadcasted we were doing the show back when, when in 2014, mm-hmm. yeah. whenever they launched it. And so I remember because it was such a ridiculous debacle where Reebok didn't even know the fighters that were going to be wearing the kit. So they had the yep. wrong spellings of names. They had the wrong colors. It was all kinds of stuff that they got wrong on that first press conference where the fight kit was rolled out. And so we laughed. The entire MMA community laughed. It was quite the humorous, humorous event. Seven years later, here we are. Reebok is gone. And the UFC finally unveils the new Venom uniforms for fighters. And so I got to say, they look pretty good. I'm not impressed by their performance. All right, so so exactly. let's let, let's let's talk about it a little bit. So, yep. so one of the things that we'll see is that they they're really really simple. And what I'm going to do here, I got uh, bloody elbows coverage of it up. So we're going to shoot it over to the desktop here, so we can see. Look at this fight kit. We've got um, here you got Aljamain Sterling Aljamain. here with this. You know what you see is a lot of the stripes and the lines on it. There okay. you go. They're using that dry tech. Um, one of the things that you can see is here on these fight, these fight shorts, there, there's going to be a lot of different colors and things like that, that they're, that they're doing here, but it looks like the, the palette is going to be black, white, red, um, blue, green, and gold with, I guess, no the more black countries. And, yeah. Cause you know, when you have, those are basically the Olympic colors, right? Because the thing about the Olympics rings is that every one of the rings represents a color in, all of the flags of the of the world so every color is every flag is represented by one of the colors on the rings and thus you see the same thing on these shorts um what i think is interesting is kind of the 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 jacket i don't know why they chose george saint pierre like why would you put george saint pierre as the name dude hadn't fought in forever he's retired but guess Uh, what you don't offend current fighters or give them first off 
Yeah, that too. But because Jordan St. Pierre is still one the most recognizable name in mixed martial arts. You say George St. Pierre, they're not saying Batroc off of Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're not saying Batroc from, from Captain America uh, uh, Civil War. They're saying George St. Pierre, the MMA fighter, the welterweight champion. I would disagree and say that Conor McGregor is the most well-known <laughs> UFC fighter. Yeah. But they don't, but, but everybody likes George St. Pierre. Not everybody likes Conor McGregor. As- so, so, but but look at the look at the design of the shorts, though. I mean, I think that they're pretty yeah. nice. I mean, we'll see if the when John Jones finally fights, if he's going to cut big slits in it so that they look like little like little skirts. But you know, <laughs> you know how he wow. cuts the sides of the Reebok and they just flap around like sh- like a skirt. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not suggesting You're anything bad about shorts, his masculinity. Sir. Well, kickboxing shorts are, are 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 like like Muay Thai shorts. Those are like booty shorts. Like this, over here. I wish Coach was here to defend this. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We need we need Coach with that non-black belt in Brazilian Muay Thai to, yeah. to teach us this. But when but, he but walks I, away, I'd be, I'd I'd be, be talk. talking again. <laughs> so I just think it's a nice, clean look, though. I think that the, that the Venom the the Venom designs are 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 well done. Any What's any other comments about? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about the interesting piece of uh, when the fight kits were introduced. Part of what uh, bothered a lot of the athletes was the fact that they weren't going to get the sponsorships that they'd had in the past. So the money deal uh, with both Reebok and now Venom becomes an interesting factor as we start talking about fighter pay again. Right, yeah. and I know that's a topic that you love. Um, and one of the things that we we see is that. The fighter pay is an incremental uh, is incremental to what was being paid out by um, Reebok by, by Reebok. And so um, to come back to the desktop so we can kind of look at that, you know, what we can see is that it's kind of based on the number of fights. This is coming from low kick MMA. Um, and so we can see that the Venom payout is greater than the Reebok compensation, but it's based on the number of fights you have in the sport. So. For those fighters who are journeymen who are still fighting, you know, I, they, there was someone who said because uh, there was some re- the reactions from some of the pros were saying that people like Jeremy Stevens, who's been in the in 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 the in the game little for heathen. a long time, look, little heathen, might actually make more by wearing the Venom gear than he would actually get paid for fighting his fight. Hey. <laughs> It'd be like that until they fix it. All right. Quit that. I mean, I get it, I guess, but it can be done so much better. It really can. Just when I mean, you it's nice that they're giving bonuses like this, compensation bonuses like this, and that's great. They need it. But what they really need, instead of giving you something that you think that they like, why don't you actually talk to the fighter and say, hey, what do y'all think? What do we need to do? Okay. And not talking about the current fight. We're talking about fighters that get the retired fighters and say, hey, guys, you know, what do you think these guys can do? You know, get people who have been in that ring slugging it out and, and, and really listen to them. And you would probably come out with a better support system than, you know, than this. I think we have to just, uh, in perspective for fighter pay, just consider that this is just promo money. Like, 
getting four thousand dollars basically to show up on your first fight for wearing gear that's that's a that's really fair but it, when you're talking about overall fight pay then i don't think it's venom's job to supplement um a fully cash flush uh, uh ufc right like venom yeah. venom isn't there to help bolster uh the ufc's uh fighter pay there <laughs> so I, I don't know that we can put too much on venom i mean honestly they they went up in every single category so that should be commended in its own right Mm-hmm. They, and they've been there forever. They have been there forever. I mean, Venom was one of the the original sponsors up there. With it was Venom, Affliction, Tap Bad Boy, Tap Out. Sorry, Monster Tap Out. Yeah, and um, uh, what was the what was the fastener? The fastener one that they everybody had on you know on their shorts. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Whatever. They yeah they they they're a veteran company. They know MMA. At least we know that they're going to get the names right. They know MMA. That's the one thing that I was happy about when I saw that Venom was going to be the one selected is that they know MMA. Reebok did not know MMA and it showed. And so what I'm hoping to see is that, you know, their showing is a lot better with their designs and, and how it fits the fighters and what they do. One thing that um, I thought was interesting because there was a backlash to the payment of the v- new Venom compensation and the latter of how they were paying is something that Chael Sonnen went on his podcast or vlog or whatever and talked about, which is the fact that every dollar that Venom pays to the UFC for the fighters to wear their kit goes directly to the fighters. And what Chael Sonnen was saying is the UFC doesn't actually have to do that. Mm. They could take all of that money as well because the fighters really have no say. If they want to fight in the UFC, they're going to stick to the rules of uniform of of dress that the ufc mandates for them the fact that the ufc passes that on 100 percent to the fighters is actually a nice thing that the ufc does to take to kalechi's point a good point we can we can talk about fighter pay from the ufc perspective in the form of what fighters are paid to fight but the fact that the ufc actually passes every dollar that venom pays for this sponsorship to the fighters is actually a good thing and we should acknowledge that very much so didn't even consider yeah. that notion that they don't have to do that yeah that's true all right, all right fair enough so that is the headline the headliner that is the number one thing i wanted to talk about because i i am excited about having venom um venom as the sponsor now for for the uniforms i'm still not buying a single anything from um, <laughs> did you see those prices did you see hey, I think how much cheapest, those things cost how, how much hey, how, the cheapest thing was like 45 bucks i was like what i'm paying 45 dollars for some like the ufc really fumbles it in the pricing market to me from everything from their pay-per-views to their gear it's i feel like they've lost touch with who the fan base is like not all of us are making the kind of bank where like these accoutrements are <laughs> are just normal to pay a hundred dollars for a rando t-shirt yeah like it it really should be like these are the fight kits that they wear if you want to wear something like that then great but at the same time what i want i want walkout shirts i would i would totally sport you know uh, a, a trailblazer Holland walkout shirt. 
Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted. They're paying. All right, it's eighty bucks for a fight night walkout jersey. Okay, it's a hundred and thirty thirty dollars for the fight night shorts. Okay, I thought it wouldn't it be backwards or at least some some sort of equal. Maybe I'm losing my mind. You know, how dare you question the great Dana White? Uh, you know, How you know, you? you know, it, uh, it's it, it's part of my. I wonder part of how much. <clears throat> I I just kind of wonder how much it matters to even have the fight kit available to fans at this point. Like, I mean, it's 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 been a while since I've seen a a UFC shirt out in the wild. Part of that mm-hmm. is just because of pricing <laughs> at this point. But there was a time, yeah. even beyond the aff- affliction phase where you would see just a standard UFC shirt, like someone repping that. I think we they've just priced themselves so far out of the market that it's why even bother putting that on the site because no one's buying that. Right. Oh, there's I mean, gonna be like ten people that's gonna buy it, dude. Yeah, but that's still not gonna that, that's still not gonna make up your your, your operations it's, cost. Um no, yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. Even things like like posters. Like I I wanted to switch out these posters <clears throat> behind me for a very long time. But when I go out and look at the posters, I'm like, I'm not spending that much money on a piece of paper with somebody's picture on it. I grant it, if it's signed, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But if it's just a piece of paper with a bunch of pictures on it, I'm not paying like 35, 40 bucks for it. That's it's a poster. Also, there's a lot of like fan art that's so much cheaper that is honestly oftentimes better <laughs> than the original. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what oh, I should yeah. do is start getting fan art so I can have so I can change up this the, the wall behind me, even though. You know, I, I, I got to keep my Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson uh, poster up because that's my homeboy. All right. I mean, I don't know him. I would love to know Go him. Go, DJ. Uh, that's my DJ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. All right. Oh, let, no. let, let's oh, go on to some no. of the other stories. Calvin Cater is still going through concussion protocols following the loss to Max Holloway. And so this was a story that I thought was interesting. I posted it on, in the, on, the, um, uh, on the Intelligent, Intelligent Defense, Defense Discussion Group. Um, because of the fact this is something that we need to talk about. We all watched the beatdown that Calvin Cater took by Max Holloway and, and from Max Holloway. And Herb Dean was the dude in the ring. And his job was to protect the fighter. Can we say that Herb Dean protected the fighter when four months later, Calvin Cater is still going through concussion protocol? Here's yes. the question. Is he concussed? Is he still concussed? There or is, is reason to believe like there is something. Re- there's a reason to believe that he is because his coaches are treating him with kid gloves and keeping him in pr- concussion protocol. Something ain't right about him. You know, it's kind of like I mean, Smokey after he was he, he was smoking with uh, Hector. He ain't been right ever since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look. Um, all I got to say about that, and it it could be one of two things: either he is still concussed, and it's and God and God bless that man. He, you know, um, we would have to investigate, or the UFC would have to investigate, or or the commission. Somebody has to check that out if he's still concussed after all this time, or two, he's not concussed, and it's a mental block, and then we have to ask. 
what kind of beatdown did we see that would mess a man up this mentally that he wants no parts of the ring again? Uh, I think if you look at it in the broader terms of a traumatic brain injury, uh, what we see with football players is that in the past, they got thrown right back on the field. Now in an intermediary step, there's uh, uh, the concussion protocol can typically last an extra week, so a week or two that you're out. But you look at the long-term effects of those compounded brain uh, injuries, uh, your, your brain doesn't get stronger as you continue to get punched in the head. So I don't know that this can all be put on Herb Dean when you look at like the nature of the sport is you're getting punched in the head and compounding mm-hmm. brain injuries. It takes a while for your brain to recover. Like. I- I'm not going to blame one event on that. The, the 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 problem that I have is the fact that it it's not just it wasn't just a typical type of an interaction. It was one of those mm-hmm. things where he took 141 shots to the dome in the fourth round. Like yeah. he wasn't mounting a, a a reasonable defense and 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 he wasn't he, he was throwing punches back but they weren't effective. And so I think that this is one of those times where we need to better define intelligent defense because just because someone's throwing punches and swinging their arms at an opponent, if they are not intelligently defending themselves where there is some level of efficacy of their strikes compared to what they are taking in the volume that they're taking it, then there is a problem. And and I think that that's where, you know, for me, I ended up getting, you know, really emotional about what happened in that fight because what because what i was seeing was that this fight was allowed to go on but no one would want to take that level of damage and now that i'm seeing that they're still still concerned that he hasn't recovered that goes to show that this isn't a typical mma match this isn't a typical what we see and we've watched hundreds and hundreds of fights yeah yeah. We've never had a fighter four months out still going through concussion protocol. And because of that, that we know that, about that, that we know that about we, that that's, want. that's a fair caveat, right? That we, that we know about. Yes. But in this case, this does bring that question back to the, to the four, which is, are our referees doing as good a job as they need to, to protect the fighters? Have we gotten to the point where we just want to see the violence. We just want to see the, the bloodlust. And there is this magical idea that a fighter can land that magical punch, which I know happens, but so rarely these days that it's, it's, it's not worth holding out and taking that damage for in the hopes that a fighter's going to land that magical punch and turn the fight around. Check Congo would disagree. You know how long ago that was? That was like 2011. <laughs> and that's why like he is still the greatest heavyweight of all time. Hold on. And no let's, and let's put some, yeah, let's put some respect on, on Czech Congo's name. In the Bellator rankings, he is listed like number three. I mean, and let's they put got, some respect on listen, his name. Listen, they have four heavyweights. Everyone else is light heavyweight fighting at heavyweight. So to be number three out of four... That's not much. <laughs> Just not saying much. But, uh, but all kidding aside, I, I, I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Casey. Yeah, no, like I, I am joking, but at the same time, it's 
because we have that Czech Congo moment, people really do believe that you can come back from the deepest of waters. And so I don't know as a ref, how you hold someone accountable to giving someone what's known as the fighter's chance. Let's go back to last week or yeah, last week where we were talking mm -hmm. about Sugar Sean O'Malley and Thomas Almeida. Okay. Sugar Sean O'Malley should have won that fight in the first round. Almeida was done. The right. fact that they let Almeida get back up and fight two more rounds and then get rocked again and allow Sean O'Malley to walk up to Almeida and throw the freaking Thor's hammer fist into his face and rendering him unconscious while he was on his back was completely unnecessary. It was super necessary. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I walked yeah, into that and, one. But, and, and, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, when he when he slumped over, most referees in the past would have jumped over there and and waved it off. But for some reason, that referee said, "Kept go keep going." And that referee, that in a situation like that, that needs to that needs to be questioned. But and. In, a, in the Holloway fight, we got to understand the nature of Holloway. Holloway is a volume puncher. He does not just punch once. He punches several times. And when, you know, maybe the refs need to be more consciously aware that when, you know, Max Holloway throw, throw a punch, he's throwing three punches. Okay? It's not a normal, he's not a normal fighter. He's not a normal fighter in the UFC. And it's, it you know, we people have got to be more observant of what they see. I mean, 140 punches in the fourth round alone, that's most. That's the amount of uh, punches in a fight from both fighters in a, in a normal UFC fight. So, I, I yeah. mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, I mean, oh, it's, it's, maybe they do need to clean it up. We need to clean up the, the definition of intelligent defense. If you're getting punched 10 times and you're only swinging once, that should be a call of a day. Yeah. Not if you hit like me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't want to sit right. So I'm not going to say anything. Look, I'm, I'm, I look, I, I, I it, before it came out, the prefrontal cortex was able to filter that out. <laughs> when they go low, we go high. You know. <laughs> it's also it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. So so I think that that's something that I would love to discuss further, you know, on the intelligent defense discussion group. You know, do we need to to better define what intelligent defense is for the referees so that we can protect the fighters more? I you know, and I and I get it. No fighter wants their fight stopped early whenever they think that they can still win it. But let's be real. Right. We've we've got enough data in the twenty five or twenty seven years that the UFC has been in existence. We know we know that the odds of winning a fight whenever the, the, these you know, whenever you're getting blown out of the water the way that Calvin Cater was that it, it's unlikely you're going to come back from that fight. It's it's we're single digit percent chances. You're right. All right, let's move on. Guess what? This was going to be the headliner until the Venom, uh, the Venom kit came out. And that is Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor 3 has been booked for July 
10th. 10th. That's there International Fight Week, isn't it? International Fight Week. They're giving Conor McGregor International Fight Week status, right? Wow. How That's much more money can we get, Conor? Yeah. It's Ugh. how much money does it take to get Conor is the question. Not how much money can we give Conor. How much money does it take to get Conor? Here's what I don't get. Conor's mm-hmm. like an average fighter at this point. Why are people so willing to give money at this? Ugh. Like, if this was a regular card, it might be one I would skip, if I'm honest, because Connor's not a great fighter. He's He hasn't done anything transcendent in his last several fights. I, I for the life of me, cannot figure out why a regular, even a casual fan, would want to pay money for a McGregor fight. Because the squeaky oil gets the grease. It's, it's not, we're not... Squeaky wheel. Oh, yeah. Squeaky wheel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's eleven o'clock at night, people. My peep. My bad. My bad. Okay, Look, so with there's that an said, African proverb that says, "He who was asleep will wake at first in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink on that just because. Okay, there it is. <laughs> you gotta say the catchphrase, Kalechi. You gotta say it. This is your cultural awareness moment. <laughs> Is that okay? I just okay. made that up on the spot, by the way. Just I, <laughs> yeah, that is nice, but I'm also gonna isolate that because I want that to be the tone whenever you text me in, in the morning. It's gonna say, This is your schedule awareness moment, <laughs> and then I want you to send that to me so I can make that my new ringtone. Okay. <laughs> So, awesome. with all that said, I mean McGregor's attitude, his his bra- his bravado, his mm-hmm. swagger, that's yeah. what brings people to the to the to the table. They yeah. it, it, you're right, he's an average kickboxer. Okay, he is. But yeah. he talks so much trash. Yeah, that's his that milkshake. Just, yeah. I was thinking the same. I'm glad you Yeah, there you go. <laughs> got that reference there. <laughs> I'm gonna let. I'm just gonna leave it alone at that point. Y'all, y'all heard what I said. Okay, good. <laughs> People believe in Conor McGregor. You know, the the thing is, Why? is that he is still surviving on the halo effect of his early successes, which yeah. I have. You know, we have talked about it at length, and we still There's we were talking about it this week that Conor McGregor, you know, was given tomato cans at the beginning of his career in the UFC. He was matched up against a bunch of fighters that were significantly smaller than him. The best fighter that he faced in that run up to Jose Aldo was Dustin Poirier. And Dustin Poirier was at the beginning of his career. And it's arguable that Conor McGregor hit him in the back of the head. That's what I said. And that's what put him down. Um, And so when you look at it, though, Dennis Seaver, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Diego Brindal. Like all of these fighters were tiny, tiny guys against a massive Conor McGregor at 145. Yeah. And so I can't take away, you know, the fight that's over my head right there. And that is the, the Jose Aldo fight. Um, Conor hit him 13 seconds. You can't take that away from him. But it's that lead up that built him up that I think if he would have faced Cub Swanson, who was ranked ahead of him, if he'd have faced uh, Ricardo Lamas, who was ranked ahead of him, Conor McGregor would not have the the staying power that he has because I guarantee that a, a Cub Swanson or a Ricardo Lamas 
or even a Chad Mendez who who would have had a full camp. camp. One of those guys would have stopped Connor or at least beat him by decision. And because of that, it's difficult to watch a fighter like Conor McGregor, who is amazing on the mic, who's got star power and all of this charisma, not really be the type of fighter that when we're looking at the greatest of all time, that can dominate yeah. and, 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 and win on a multi- multitude of ways. He is just, I, but it's, it's hard also to say that he is a, 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 a fighter who's just kind of gotten lucky. But he's because he's not. He he beat Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. His next fight yeah. was against Eddie Alvarez. He beat Eddie Alvarez to become the UFC's first double champ. So, you know, he's 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 really an enigma because he's he, he got the star power, but he's also got the success, and you can't take that away from him. He did win those titles. He did finish both of those fighters. All right, with an asterisk. But it, but, wow. but at the same time, it's like it's not the John Jones asterisk. Exactly. Facts. So so that's what gives Conor McGregor his staying power. It's that early success, the way he ran through those fighters in the 145, then beat a Jose Aldo who hadn't been beaten in in almost a decade, and then yeah. go and go up a, of a weight and fight Eddie Alvarez and beat Eddie Alvarez, and 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 then. The legend of Conor McGregor began, right? Because after that, it was he's going to fight Floyd Mayweather, and he and and he did. And then there was the Nate Diaz, you know, matches. Like that's why people follow Conor. Yeah. So so here's the thing, Conor, and, and I didn't know this. Kalechi's the one who told me this, but it's a fact. Conor McGregor is talking about having his own belt. And this is why championships and belts within the UFC are absolutely useless. I'm the McGregor belt. I'm McGregor belt. He was talking about putting uh, was it orange, uh, orange and green diamonds, or it is either that or yellow diamonds at, uh, early on in the conversation. And here's the thing: it sounds outlandish, but Dana White would pull it off for his boy Connor. Like this could actually be a title fight for no reason. Yeah. I, I hope not. I mean, you know that I was against the BMF belt. Uh, I would be doubly against the Conor McGregor belt. Um, you know, it, unless it's something like a commemorative thing, but e- even then... It can't be done while you're alive. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor, while it is an interesting fight and I'm going to watch it, it's not one of those transcendent type fights that we would see like a John Jones versus uh, Francis Ngannou. That's the fight. You know, if 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 we wanted to see, you know, John Keyes have some euphoria, a John Jones DC fight three would be worthy of something to commemorate that because of the fact that this is a fight that is, you know, we, we've followed for years that the, these two guys hate each other and, and there's so much storyline wrapping around it. There is no storyline. This is just a this is just a rubber match. It's all it is. I'm thinking like a steel, a yeah, a steel a steel belt with proper twelve on it, a couple of whiskey bottles on the side, you know. Uh, uh, and, yeah, you the know, only uh, kind of steel belt that I would want to see is a steel belted radial. Yeah, let them wear a tire. <laughs> That's 
that's what this whole Sponsored fight is like. Toyo tires. <laughs> yeah, Toyo tires <laughs> with the steel belted radial belt. Um, Got Forrest Griffin come out there with the with the with the belt. <laughs> still got here's, it. Here's the thing about that belt, though, is to me, if if Connor wanted a belt so badly, he should have won one. Again, oh. like you can't, like that's the thing. If if you want to if you want to fight for a belt, then fight for an actual belt that exists, and then name it the Connor McGregor belt. But you don't get to just be like you for for a generation that is really big about talking trash to each other about having participation trophies is there more of a participation trophy than creating your own belt because you couldn't win the belt there you go and there it is connor fans where you at that's the way it is (laughs) other notable topic on the poye versus mcgregor three uh fight is they've added gilbert burns versus um Oh, wait, no, they haven't signed the contracts yet. But Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That's a great Ooh, fight. Yes. Yes, I want to see that fight. I want to see that more than I want to see Connor versus Poirier. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the ramifications of either fighter winning. Because if Gilbert Burns wins, then I think he's got a claim. He probably has to win one more. But I, uh, yeah. he's got a claim back to, to rematch Kamaru Usman. If Stephen Thompson wins, then he's got a claim to fight Kamaru Usman, which either way, I, w- I would be happy to see that fight. I don't see Kamaru Usman losing, but hey, it's a I don't see that fight. even being fun, to be honest. Steven Thompson and his fights to Woodley didn't look amazing. I just, I struggle to see how Steven if Thompson both, has a chance against Kamaru. Exactly. If both men fought each other to once a draw, if you, if you are two men and you fight each other to a draw, and only to fight the guy that knocked the crap out of the other guy, what makes you think you got a better chance from suffering a different fate? Let Wonder Boy fight Usman, okay, and see what happens. I guarantee the 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 range that, that Wonder Boy has mastered, his striking skills, uh, I don't think that's going to be very effective against the Usman. I'm All I got to say is you just employed MMA math. That is MMA math. The fighting is done in the ring. Therefore, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson could be the one guy that is the is the, is the kryptonite to the Nigerian nightmare. Just like how Matt the Hammer Hammer was kryptonite to John Jones. I agree. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were going to go Matt Sarah to GSP, but no, you went Matt Hamill. <laughs> I like GSP. I like Matt Sarah. All right, let's put it out there. All right. All right. Let's go on. So we remember um, there was supposed to be another championship fight at, at the UFC 260. And, and it was it was canceled because Alexander Volkanovsky uh, came down with COVID-19 and was kicked out of, of the, the bubble. Well, reports are coming out now of how severe Volkanovsky's COVID-19 case was. Uh, apparently, he was coughing out blood. Um, it was, it was really, really bad. And the question becomes whether or not he's going to get a typical COVID-19 recovery, or is he going to get Garbranted where he, that COVID-19 illness is going to chase him, sap his ability to fight competitively. And we could potentially see a Brian Ortega, you know, finally get his belt. 
Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting uh, indeed. I, I like the statement that he put out there, just kind of a reminder to other people about how serious COVID can be because we're still in that stage of having deniers, which I'm not going to denigrate them because some people have good reason to feel like this isn't real. But having these testimonials from people who um, who have experienced it firsthand, like a competitive fighter who's in the best shape of his life, uh, kind of coming out here and getting absolutely flattened by it shows how some with a weaker immune system and not the ability to fight it would not that it's like a matter of weakness, but you could easily uh, see why someone would be uh, consumed by the illness. So uh, I uh, I admire the courage to just put out the statement of here here's the facts. Here's what I'm actually dealing with. And it, it creates a platform for others to make more informed decisions about COVID testing and, and eventual vaccines. By the way, I just want to be I just want to go on record and say I got my first shot on Monday. I got that jab. <laughs> Glitchy knows about my jab. Um, uh, now I got a drink. drink. I'm sorry. Dang it. All no, right. hold on, hold on. You have to actually drink. No, <laughs> Look, drink I don't drink listen, that. I don't have <laughs> drinks at the at the at, when I do oh, the show, at me. I'm being a responsible producer. I'm look not drinking at, at the yeah. top. Look, I'll pretend. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah. Okay. Mm. Guess who's? Does anybody like? Does anybody like cupcakes? Uh, uh, like Misha. She's back. Uh, yeah. Misha Tate has returned to the UFC. Yeah. That's a great setup. <laughs> I didn't actually no, look no, at the run sheet. <laughs> when do you ever look at the run sheet? <laughs> I was looking at it earlier. That's why my eyes are down here. Um, yeah, uh. Misha Tate is returning to the UFC, which is interesting because she's still, I believe, an executive at one FC. Yep. Interesting. What? Oh. So you know how I always talk about these fighters who are like, I do this all for my kids. I'm like, do you? Because you were a fighter before you had kids. So how much how much of this is really just you doing what you want to do and justifying it? I love that Misha Tate said, look, as much as I care about giving my daughter a great role model and like just doing this for her, I'm doing this for me because I, I have some stuff I want to still do in the octagon. I never really gave up. I just needed time to think through it. I was like, how honest of a statement is that to be like, to not just throw this on, oh, I'm doing this for my kids or whatever. She's like, no, like I'm a fighter. This is what I do. I want to get back out there and finish what I started. I'm like, I have not heard a more humble, realistic approach to the reason why you're fighting. Like it wasn't the sad story. It was. It's just look. This is who I am, and I respect that. I'm just it. glad she's fighting. You know, that's that's all it is. I mean, yeah. I you know I I, I like the fact too that you know that you know she's another fighter who's come out and and talked about mental health and and how important <laughs> mental health is. You know, um, and so speaking of mental health. You know, one of the big fights that are going to be on UFC 261 is Zhang Wei Li versus Rose Thug Nohair Namajunas. And so Rose Namajunas is also a person who's been very open about her challenges with mental yeah. health as well. Um, Wei Li Zhang said that 
she's hoping that when the fight is all said and done, that she and Rose could be friends. And I thought that uh, I, I thought that Aww. this was a, an interesting phrase that she made that I like it and I believe it. It says from an exchange of blows. Friendship grows. That is the Let's most kung fu theater thing to say if I've ever heard it. I Maybe that's it. a cultural awareness moment. Maybe that's 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 Zhang Wei Li saying like old Chinese proverb says with an exchange of bros, the friendship grows. An exchange of bros? bros? I know I, come on, you didn't have to call me out, man. Blows. <laughs> exchange of blows. Uh-uh, y'all call me out. I'm calling you out. Okay, <laughs> bros, man, really? All right, y'all got me. Exchange of yeah. blows, friendship grows. I'm so. just saying, man. I've seen. I, I that heard t-shirt? that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We right? Should, we should, we? Yeah, we should make that T-shirt. So here's a question. Since I already, since we already had to drink, and I brought it up, do you think that our our friendship grew after we fought? No. Because <laughs> if okay. I'm honest, when you beat me that first time, all I could think of was all my excuses, and I couldn't wait to get back in there with you. So, like, what would you think you about the second, second time fight, I beat you? <laughs> however, you want to call that second fight. <laughs> what I felt from that was like I didn't have those excuses of oh, I just fought or whatever. Like this was just truly, and I knew you were a southpaw at that point, right? Yeah. So, like, I felt like the second fight is when we could we could laugh about it more and it wasn't like feelings because you didn't like the, the outcome was ambiguous enough. Right. Yeah. Like, I think, I think if there was a definitive, like you knocked me out, I'd have trouble because it changes the dynamic of us. Yeah. Like it, and like our, our fight ended the way it needed to end for our, to preserve the friendship. I, I, I think that that is fair. I, I think that that is fair because it's true. If you would have knocked me out, then I would have had to look at you and as much trash as I talked leading up to that fight, it would have been very, very hard. Very hard to know that the outcome of the fight was a knockout. And I had to I had to ask that question that every fighter who gets knocked out asks. What happened? Could you oh, imagine man. the trash I would forever talk? Like yeah. I, I, no reason. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing, John. I mean, if you go back and listen to these shows, these old archive combat yes. sports talk episodes, I which are was, available on the website, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Available on combat sports talk dot com. I was brutal to Kalechi. I mean, it was it was <laughs> constant. And I'm sensitive. <laughs> constant. If he would have knocked me out, which he very nearly did, which is why I haven't agreed to fight him since is he very nearly knocked me out in the third round and so it was yeah that would have been terrible speaking well, of a fighter you know who's, oh go ahead i'm just i'm just saying you know you guys seem to to keep it intact cuz I, I agree if 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 i knocked out somebody or somebody knocked out me you you can't you can't look them dead in the eye anymore cuz you got you can always sit there and say like you know I whooped you, right? You know, every, every oh, time, every time the first show, like, you know you got your butt kicked, right? And then the show starts. And then, you know, some talk trash for friends that I ran over at football practice in, in college. Like, it's just, there's, it's just a thing that has to happen. Like, if you get dominated that way by your friend, like, until the score is even, like, there's a relational imbalance. So I don't know about this blows to bros thing. 
Yeah, I, I'm a salty individual. You knock me out, and I and I, 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 you better say something hit me in the back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cutting you. I, I went to I, hey, I have two. I have seven years of military experience and a hellified instructor that taught me. It taught me in ordinance school. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this reference. I don't know if you'll get it. Maybe the people who are watching will get it. So there is the show Community. There. Okay. There was an episode where Annie chloroforms a janitor who caught them, <laughs> and and so, and so the idea that Abed had in order for them to get out is to all of them pretend like they were all chloroformed when the when the janitor woke up. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> So the only way that you can retain a, a friendship I love this. by knocking out your friend is to lay down on the ground and wait for them to wake up and be like, double knockout, man. That's it. That's it. It's a double knockout. You got me too, man. Okay. I hope someone got that on video. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's oh my god yep that's it that's the only way it's gonna happen because yeah. you knock me out i'm salty i'm salty <laughs> and i'm plotting all right just well you someone know. else who got knocked out was colby covington he said that he plans on being the backup for the usman uh masvidal rematch Fa the fact is is that he trains just a few hours away from where the fight's being held so he said he's gonna make weight he's gonna make that drive there that night and be there just in case uh, Jorge Masvidal or Kamaru Usman can't make the make it to the ring, and so um, Dana White didn't ask for him to come. Apparently, nobody is has asked him to be the backup, but he just said he is going to volunteer and be ready. Jic, look. So in other point, words, we got to stop giving that man press. Like we got to start referring him to as the former guy or something like that because <laughs> he will do anything to be mentioned. So basically what he's saying is that he bought he bought some cheap tickets and he's going there and you know just to watch. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah. I yeah, I, I or, basically what he's going to say. Yeah. Um another big fight that's coming up is UFC on ESPN, uh Sanhagen and the Return of the Snake TJ Dillashaw. That's a hard one for me as a Colorado guy who's training well, has trained around here. Like, I like Sandhagen. Like, I just kind of like that hometown hero vibe. And he's just like good, humble dude who just works his butt off to get to where he's gotten. So it's hard not to like him. But I, I know it doesn't make sense, but I kind of like Dillashaw as well. Like, we can talk about his EPO use, sure. But as that dude's got some fight in him, <laughs> he's got a dog in him too. And Maybe that's part of why he chose to use uh, his steroids. But, man, I, I really appreciate the competitive spirit of that dude. Yeah, I know, I think it's gonna right? Be a good fight. I hope it is. I hope it's going to be a good fight. I hope he's, he's he has not taken a day off from training. I hope he's, he's ready for it. And, you know, because all the way up to that point, you know, he was that guy that, you know, you didn't like his attitude, but you loved his skill. Mm -hmm. And and it, it's just like it's you know I I I don't like I, maybe I don't like his personality but I can respect his fighting skill and that's what I'm looking to see I'm looking to see some good fighting skill that's gonna be a good fight 
it's going to be a great card because it's also going to include uh, the the last fight of the Nightmare Dream Lionheart, Diego Sanchez. Wait, what? Right. Diego Sanchez <laughs> is retiring. And remember, yeah, he used to be the Nightmare. And then he became the, he became the Dream. And then he became Lionheart. Even though Anthony Lionheart Smith had already yeah, that's taken what that moniker. Like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> he did take Lionheart for a fight. I think it was for one fight or two. Well, because it didn't matter. Changing your nickname didn't change the outcome. Dude's still no. getting whooped. Um and so he's wow. gonna be fighting he's gonna be fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So remember Diego Sanchez still well, he used to train at um Jackson Winklejohn, as did uh as did Cerrone. Cerrone left. And then recently, Diego Sanchez left um, for you know the fight camp of of insanity. I, I don't know, you it's know the Peyote fight camp. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I guess so. Peyote UFC, <laughs> the Peyote UFO camp. Like I don't even know right now if if Diego Sanchez knows that it's UFC and not UFO. That he's like actually going into an octagon and not a spaceship. Like that's the thing and that we. It's hard to say. We talk about him, but did GSP do some trash like that? Yeah, and, and notice Hold that GSP, he, he did. He GSP did. thought he, he was did. getting his mind wiped by, by aliens. He talked about <laughs> right, it on we, Joe Rogan. Do, do we do we have any proof that it wasn't happening? Oh, uh-oh. Keep talking. <laughs> I was like, wait for that Just drop. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. We, have, we can sit here and mock the man, but we can't prove that it wasn't happening, all right? And I and and we've seen enough. I, all right, okay. I've seen enough. All right, I've seen enough crazy things in my life to say, if he, you know, show me proof that it isn't happening, and I'll be okay with that. Do we Just have saying. the drop for what I'm about to say? Oh, no. uh, the views expressed by John Keys do not necessarily reflect the views of Fletcher Ryan Smith or Combat Sports Talk. <laughs> okay, so hold on. Just because it's 11.30 doesn't mean we hit the infomercial, you know, disclaimer, all right? Right Just there, because, look. Right. right here. Where is it? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> the views expressed by John Keys tag. You got it. You I don't appreciate tag. this. I don't appreciate. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. One day, one day, I'm I'm, I'm just gonna let it all hang out and just tell y'all everything that I know, and y'all gonna be like, "John's crazy," okay? Or well, y'all probably <laughs> yep. like that wait, right wait, now. Wait, I was gonna say but, we're gonna be like that after you said that. <laughs> well, y'all thinking about saying it, but once I say it, yeah, it's gonna be one of two things: like, "Oh my God," or "John is really crazier than we thought." Okay. John is that drunk guy at the end of the bar who will tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Look. (laughs) That the government's trying to get you. (laughs) Where the tin for drinking and hope he he doesn't notice you anymore. (laughs) Hey, hey, Barkeep, you got any tinfoil back there? (laughs) Okay, it's all fun and games. Okay, I'm just saying. It's all all fun and games. So so do you think does Diego get the full media treatment on his retirement? No, he should. Oh, well, he, I think he no. Should. I think he actually. I think he will. I think he will. Um, I think Dana White has so much love for Diego Sanchez that he is going to make sure that Diego Sanchez gets that that full p- package of his career 
um you know and and while all the highlights are going to be of old fights from 10 years ago um it it's going to be you know that that riding off in the sunset type of thing i wouldn't be surprised if diego sanchez actually became a ufc hall of famer um in his own right because he is one because of his clay guida uh fight the craziest craziest fight we've ever you'll ever see but yeah uh he's one of the he's one of the led he's one of the tough one fighters he's he is one of two fighters that still that still is active within the ufc the other one being um michael bisping he was in tough one so yeah give him give him give him a 21 gun salute you know let him let him ride off to the sunset but make sure he's riding off into the sunset all right this is oh, it yeah he's not There's he's no not more back. no moss no moss speaking of moss amanda hebus is going to be added to that card and she's going to be fighting none other than angela overkill hill interesting and Very interesting. I am conflicted because you know I am honor bound to pick Angela Hill in every fight she fights from here on out, but I don't want to. <laughs> I will say wow. that having been a man of principle, generally speaking, you do better when you just stick with the the principle, except for when it's OSP. You should just give up that rule. <sighs> I should, but I can't. Yeah. I can't. I gotta pick OSP because yeah, because his brothers will find him. No, no, no. Uh, you mean no. his bros? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not good. Bros. But but yeah, I, I'm I you know I know that I'm honor bound to pick that fight when it comes Angela Hill, but I don't wanna. I don't wanna. Um, I, mean, I would rather that, pick Francis Ngannou versus my... Derek Lewis. Francis Ngannou has opened up as a heavy betting favorite against Derek Lewis. Um. Report says though that Francis Ngannou turned down the Derek Lewis rematch because the timing wasn't right. Now I swore that him coming out of the Stipe Miocic fight said he said that he was ready to fight, you know, <clears throat> very soon. But yeah, but now that it's not John Jones, it's like June twelfth is too early. In his defense, uh, okay. he's in a position to to make uh, some level of demands. Second, like, can you really hold people to something they said while they were in a fight? Like, the adrenaline dump is still there in the post-fight? Like, some of these questions that get thrown their way are are just ridiculous. So so when a fighter says he's ready to fight another fight that night uh, outside of the one where Dana considered it, that's just not a real thing. So I, I have no animosity towards his moving the date and just waiting for the John Jones fight or, or, or using whatever leverage he has right now to, to get a better deal. And it's not like he's saying no. He's just saying yeah. not right now. All right. I, I'll take it. I don't like it, but I'll take it. Uh, it looks That's like what... Mike Winklejohn. <laughs> oh, no, don't do it. It looks like Mike Winklejohn um, has spoken up about uh, John Jones and his, his salary demands. And what he's saying is, is that the UFC could pay John Jones fifty million dollars and uh, for the Ngannou fight and still make bank. Like, do we believe that? Do we think that the UFC could really pay John Jones fifty million dollars and still turn a profit? Yes, because if you look at their balance sheet, the deal with Disney brought them what five hundred million or something. 
So that makes them profitable before a single dollar comes in for pay-per-views or any of the other promotions. Like you can afford 50 million. All right. Counterpoint. Okay, go ahead. Counterpoint. Let that come from somebody that's not in John Jones camp. And I'll be more, I'll be more inclined to say, okay. But the whole question is about profitability. And that's a purely accounting and financial situation. And by the numbers, the mm-hmm. UFC can absolutely afford to make that fight and several other fights happen for big money. Okay. So once again, get let me hear that from somebody that's not getting percentage out of that. And I'll be like Dana I'll be talking okay. about the uh, the mm-hmm. earned revenue before income tax, and I can't even remember, but EBD. Yeah, not um, him. Not EBITDA. Yeah, so you've got that number to consider about. We all know the disclosed value of, of the sale. So, like, show right. me where they're hemorrhaging money. Oh, I didn't say hemorrhaging money, but yeah, I'm just that, saying, just, yeah. that, just show me, show me, give me one person that is not from Jackson Winkle, John, one person that's not from USC. Give me a independent source that says the same thing, and I'll be more inclined. Because when it comes from Winkle, John, I'm, uh, my my. While you are correct there, Casey, my first instinct is to say, well, man, you, you're getting a piece of that pay. I'd say the same thing, too. I, you know I'm one day. He can make $50 million and be all right. I, I, all right. I mean, I support, I support what John Key says because at the end of the day, you're not going to hear Jack, hear Mike Winklejohn go, John Jones isn't worth $50 million. You're not going to hear him say, John Jones isn't worth the big money. Even if he, even if he wasn't, he's not going to say it. He's he's got the motivation to try to get John Jones as much money as he can. The thing that I right. have to say is this: <clears throat> you have to think about the implications of paying John Jones fifty million dollars for this fight, and then what happens for each subsequent John Jones fight, for each next Connor fight, for all these other fighters. Now you've just taken the level for your top stars, and now you've elevated that for everyone. We didn't have a problem when it was like a- doing it. What's that? We didn't have a Connor uh, problem when it was Connor doing it. Uh, Connor, I don't remember Connor getting paid fifty million dollars from the UFC. I think the best Connor ever got was like ten. Yeah. Uh, was that an all-in ten? No, it's all-in ten plus points. John Jones could get all-in ten plus points. He might even get fifteen and points. He might even get twenty and points. But 30, 50? 15 plus points is still underpaid when you look at his overall value to the UFC with the time value of money versus Connor. Like, Connor's given you some big cards, but again, looking at the time value of money and how much John pulled in in the early 2000s and keeping your sport relevant and and getting the Nike, uh, the the eyes of Nike on you, like, I don't know that we are fully valuing the, the long-term work and actual revenue to the UFC that John has John has brought over the years. I don't I don't think that, that that is quantifiable. I don't believe that you can look at the time value of money and then try to make some type of inflationary argument about the value of John Jones in 2012 versus the value of Conor McGregor today. I mean, it's it's 
I, I, I think that that is not a, a, that is not something that can be validated. That would be purely speculative. And the fact is, is that when you look at the number of, of, of pay-per-views that John Jones has been in and the number of pay-per-views that Conor McGregor has been in, the number of pay-per-views that are at the top of the list of the highest number of buys for pay-per-views and sellouts. It's Connor, 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 and then like John Jones, and then Connor, Connor, Connor. Like, actually, I could tell you better. Uh, yes, I don't know what I don't know what the actual what what the actual is, but the top, at least the top three or four, are Connor. It was Con. Oh, in twenty twenty overall. Conor McGregor uh, raked in $15.08 million that we are aware of. That's before any undisclosed numbers like points or, or whatever. Second was Alistair Overeem at $9.5 million in 2020. Uh, John Jones earned $7.03 million, making him the one, two, three, four, five, six on that list overall. Okay, but you have to divide that by the number of fights that they had. Okay. So Connor Connor had one fight in 2020, right? Uh yes. I think it was one fight. Yeah, I think it was one. Um and that was his only uh, fight. He had he a couple paid. of fights. He had legal battles. He oh, had... come on. <laughs> uh, I was like, wait, did he? Um, but but Connor 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 had one fight, fifteen million. Yeah. Okay, plus points. So there okay, you go. That highest... becomes the. I'm sorry, but I was going to say the yeah. highest he's ever been paid for any one fight was twelve, twelve million dollars. Okay, so plus that was eight. his highest pay. Yeah, plus, well, plus points. That, that, yeah, plus points. You know, so. but uh, but but and so and so when we're talking fifty million dollars. I don't think that you can make a time value of money argument with that. I don't think you can say that John Jones is 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 that valuable to the UFC. I'm not saying that he is not valuable. I'm just saying that fifty million dollars becomes something that is boxing level money, and you can't necessarily compare boxing money to UFC money because boxing money is is subject to the bidding wars of the different promotions because of the Ali rule. Now, I know where this sends us, but that is why you're able to see that those those increasing type of salaries over the course of over 100 years worth of the sport, whereas we're looking at a sport that's relatively young and is dominated by the promotion who owns the belts as well. Okay, so an addendum to what we're talking about. I just found out how much John Jones makes. Um, well, as of twenty, as of May twenty twenty, he made a half a million for each of his past seven fights. A half million. I mean, on the plus side, uh, the UFC can talk about uh, the diminished pay gap because. Um, I'm pretty sure didn't Amanda Leon have to work her way up to like a 400,000 all in for one of her title fights. So there's pretty close to parity there. You mean Amanda Nunes? Wow. Got him. Got him. Look, look. Amanda the lion Nunes. (laughs) 
That's yeah, what I know, I'm talking I, about. I, I ain't the only one tonight. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but, 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 you know, I don't think anyone's saying that John Jones shouldn't be paid more. I, I, I think we can all agree that he should be paid more. I think where we, where, where the disagreement comes in is, is fifty million the number? Is thirty million the number? Or is fifteen million the number? Another addendum, Amanda Nunes. Her highest paycheck was with her fight with Holly Holm. She earned five hundred and ninety thousand dollars. But that is that is the, that John. is the that is the contractual. Like I I don't I don't I don't know I I don't know. Yes, perhaps that is what she, what she got paid plus points or whatever. Each one of these fighters could be paid more. I I I, I agree. Whether or not Amanda Nunes is worth. $20 million to the UFC for her next fight is, I think, debatable. I think it's debatable that John Jones is probably not worth $30 million for the next fight. Because if you pay him $30 million for the Nganu fight, is he going to take less to fight J- Derek Lewis, or is he just not going to fight until he gets another $30 million fight? Well, that, I mean, if he wins, I wouldn't fight again. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I think that there there's multiple motivations for the UFC not to to pay that money at least in the near term. Let's continue. Uh, Chris Cyborg weighed in, telling John Jones and any other fighter that's sick of Dana White to go to Bellator. We know, of course, that Chris Cyborg does not have a a a, a friendly relationship with Dana White. Even though it was kind of funny that Dana White sees his 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 feud with. Chris Cyborg in much more of a pleasant light than perhaps she does. Uh, there was the, you know, a few weeks ago, whenever they had the pay-per-view, whatever, Chris Cyborg rented a truck, like a big sign trunk and parked it in front of the UFC venue, um, kind of lampooning Dana White. And it, when they asked Dana White about it, he was like, yeah, that was a good one. She got me. She, he's like, you know, I've been <laughs> on her case. I've been on her case for so long that that was actually a good one. And so at least on the surface, it looks like it's a very lighthearted thing, but but they do send barbs back and forth at each other. And I just think it's unfortunate that they weren't able to make a deal where Chris Cyborg could stay because I would love to have seen her face off against Amanda Nunes at 145 one more time. Um, speaking of Chris Cyborg, she's getting ready to fight at Bellator 259 against Leslie Smith. Kalechi, do you recognize the name Leslie Smith? I went to high school with a girl named Leslie Smith. Do you recognize the name Leslie Smith in the MMA world? Oh, oh, <laughs> collective bargaining, Leslie Smith. Yes, yes. Oh, and 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 <laughs> so she, yeah. So Chris Cyborg is going to defend her one hundred and oh, actually she's not. It's not going to be. Yeah, actually, I think she's going to fight for the title for the featherweight title at one forty-five against Leslie Smith. And, uh, of course, Leslie Smith is best known for leading the case for collective bargaining in MMA and against the UFC. So she is actually going to law school, learning to become a lawyer so she can help fight that case and get fighters across the industry uh, perhaps better pay and other um, amenities as, as fighters. I still don't for the life of me understand why there hasn't been a big name fighter uh, to to capitalize on, on caring about the sport enough to take on the mantle beyond 
just going after individual money for each fight. Like there's such an opportunity. I mean, I still feel like John Jones could leverage that because you, you, there's too many scabs. You got to have a united front. Everybody's got to do it because if one person breaks, you know, this is a simple game theory. It doesn't matter at that point. So you all have to be in it to win it. Can't do that when you got fighters down at the bottom of the card making $4,000 just to wear Venom gear. And that might be more, that may be their only take home money after they pay their gym. Right. Exactly. And that's the point. Yeah, so it would take it, it it would take funding from these bigger fighters like a John Jones and a Conor McGregor and a Habib Nurmagomedov to try to funnel so that you could you could support um, fighters who weren't going to be fighting, you know, and making that living while this gets adjudicated. Because at first, UFC's got tons of bank to be able to to ensure that it 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 survives. But over time, the war of attrition would then hurt the ufc and its brand and all of the investors since endeavor took on the entire ufc control they paid out all of the all of the minority owners and now endeavor who remember as of 2020 was in dire straits of trying to stave off bankruptcy is now the complete and full owner of the ufc and that is going to bolster their their bottom line so at the end of the day if fighters were to go on strike and to demand better, uh, better pay and, 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 and better care, then, you know, that would be really, really bad for Endeavor. And they might actually be able to make to, to bring Endeavor and Dana White to the bargaining table. Speaking of taking care of fighters, BKFC is going to have a pension plan for its fighters in retirement. So if you fight, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ryan, can you repeat that one more time? BKFC, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, says it's starting a pension plan for its fighters' retirement. They're doing more. That 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 promotion that you said wouldn't make it is trying to do more than the UFC would do for their own fighters. Continue on, please continue. Uh, You know, I I don't know if I said. I know. I know if I didn't. I don't know if I said it wouldn't make it. I do say that I don't like it. But I, I the reason why it's on the show is because this is the type of thing that we want to see for the UFC do and other promotions do for the fighters who put themselves in harm's way for our for our uh, you know for our entertainment. And so um, basically, what uh, David Feldman, the BKFC president, said is, "Our fighters are the most important asset of the company." We want to ensure that they are compensated not only on the night of the fight, but also looked after in retirement. For each BKFC fight, money will be placed in a pension amount, a pension account for them to draw upon in retirement. And so awesome. That's what you want to see. I actually see. don't fully believe in pensions because they're easy to steal from. Uh, and once the BKFC becomes insolvent, uh, they can just take that money and the fighters like this is a promotional stunt. <laughs> like wow, the pension is like the least secu- over there. Yeah. But the no, pension is legitimately think Go about ahead. what a well when you think about like the pension as a financial instrument, it actually isn't anything that helps the end customer because uh or, or the the end user of that money, right? Because I as a worker have money set aside uh from my company put into a pension that I don't get to control or touch, but my company gets to fully use that pension money 
within reason uh, for whatever they need, but it's supposed to be dedicated to the pension. It's not a guaranteed financial instrument for me as a fighter. So instead of me getting that money and investing in my own Roth, or uh, hopefully those folks aren't in a place where they can invest in a Roth, but let's be honest, most of them are gonna make under 150,000. So yeah, it would make more sense for them to have that money given to them and set in a Roth rather than a pension that isn't guaranteed. The pension only okay. helps the company. There you go. Last story of the day. Last story of the day. Logan Paul says that fighting Jake Paul could be the highest grossing pay-per-view ever. Would you guys watch a Paul Brothers head-to-head fight? I'm not even oh, sure wow, I'm going to watch Paul versus Askren. I mean, I'm not watching so, I'm just going to watch the headlines and see who wins. Yeah, that's no, that's right. all that matters. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested in this because you know, just for the simple fact that Chael Sonnen Uncle Chael actually said something that made sense. That Jake Paul is is a, is training to box. He is trained boxers. Ben Askren is not a boxer. He is a fighter. He is a fighter who boxes. What the things that 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 Jake Paul is looking to do, or is it Logan Jake Logan whichever those Paul Jake brothers. Jake versus yeah. Askren. Yeah. Okay. So. Paul versus Askren. Let's just say what what he's going to be looking for. It Logan don't is fighting Mayweather. Yeah, it, it don't matter. There, yeah. it's ticked <laughs> that that YouTuber. Okay, so he's going to be looking for a guy that boxes, that uses footwork, that uses technique. Ben Askren ain't going to have any of that technique. He is going to brawl him. He is going to he's going to get in there, get in the clinch. He's going to grind him, throw a few dirty punches because dirty boxing is an MMA tool, and he's going to continue to do that. He is going to wear Paul down. That's what you're going to see. <laughs> That's what I say. All right. I like well, it. I mean, it's technically not what you say. It's what Chael says. <laughs> yeah, it's uncle. It's uncle. It's uncle Chael. All right, but, it, Find but him. I think it's. Okay. But I think that we all agree with what Chael's uh, was Chael's analysis. Yeah, I, I, I do think that that Askren is coming to beat Jake up and hurt him and embarrass him and not to box him. Yeah. So, absolutely. back to the original premise, I would say that a Paul versus Paul doesn't appeal to an MMA fan in general. Uh, a boxing fan, it's not a real boxing match. I, I mean, will it draw a crowd? Absolutely. It's the YouTube kids are still into this stuff, but yep. this isn't, it, it doesn't help boxing. It doesn't help MMA. Yes, it'll be watched, but not by real sports fans. There you have it. Let's go into our final segment of the day, and that is the fight card. All right, this is the fight card. This is where we look at the fights that are on the docket for this week. And we have three fights starting tomorrow. And that is 1FC on TNT 1. And that is Wednesday, April 7th, 2021 in Singapore at the Singapore Indoor Stadium. The main card has three fights. Uh, the first fight of the night, I don't. it was difficult to tell which one was the first fight and which one wasn't. So we're just going to go in the order in which it was listed on um on the 
the screen or whatever that I have left on the screen. So, um, uh, Adriano Marais versus Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson for the uh, flyweight championship of one FC. Now, Demetrius Johnson, of course, is my favorite fighter of all time. He is the what I will call the the only true flyweight champion of the UFC. Um, and uh, he went to one FC in a big trade to get Ben Askren over to the to the UFC, which Ben Askren didn't survive uh, more than two fights. And Demetrius Johnson has worked his way to the title fight, which he is going to go against Adriano Marjes, the reigning 135-pound flyweight champion. In one FC, flyweight is 135, the actual UFC bantamweight. Um, and so it's going to be an interesting fight. Demetrius Johnson said that um, Mahes is a bigger guy. He's longer. He's a he's a he's a grappler. Um, but he hasn't seen the type of athlete that Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is. So I'm excited to see that fight. Of course, I've got Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in that. Either one of you um, going to be the heretic and choose uh, the other fighter? Absolutely not. I was. I have. I follow. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, and the other day, he was training the mouse trap. You know where he has mm-hmm. him in a he, he grabs him, throws him up, and then jumps back into a into an armbar. He was actually training that. So, I may, we may see that again tomorrow. So I'm I'm excited to see this fight. All right, Kalechi. I'm betting against DJ. Here's okay, why. There you go. And so. <laughs> <laughs> we have removed Kalechi. Kalechi is no longer associated with Combat Sports Talk. Wow. Burnt off. Okay. Yeah. See, I knew you were going to be the naysayer. Look, he's fighting up a weight class with a longer, heavier guy. We can't just yeah. discount that and assume that DJ's got the dub. But but hold on. He's been fighting at that weight class, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, he's fought three fights so already. He's- yeah, he's he. They threw him. They threw him in the water and said swim, and he's been doing it. And he's and it's not like it's been easy fights either. He's struggled right. a little, but he's making it. He's doing and the I medley. think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have that belt tomorrow. He's walking away with the belt. He's gonna come back with the belt that's bigger than half his body. Um, right. he's gonna be able to hide. He's gonna build a house with that belt. It's so big. Eddie Alvarez is fighting uh, Luri Lapicius. Um, and, 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 and so I, I'm, I, I, Eddie Alvarez did not have a good showing his first time out. Um, so he's trying to make his way back up the lightweight ranks and he's hoping to be the first fighter to hold three different promotion belts. Um, and so he believes that that will make him the greatest lightweight of all time and not, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. And then also we've got Rod Tang and he just has a, he's a mononym. Uh, not because uh, he doesn't have a last name. It's just that I'm not going to attempt to to say it on the show. Rod Tang. <laughs> That's all versus, you need to know. Yeah, versus Denial. Den- Denial? Daniel. Den- Daniel. Daniel. That is not Daniel. That is D-A-N-I-A-L. Daniel. That is not Daniel. I'm going to say Daniel. Daniel. Den- Daniel. Uh, hold on. Den- Daniel. 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 Okay, Daniel. Daniel. Daniel Williams uh, in a Muay Thai bout. And so, of course, Rod Tang is one of the elite 
Muay Thai kickboxers. Um, and so therefore it's a worth, it's a worthwhile fight to watch. I actually want to use, uh, the combat sports talk Muay Thai judging methodology in watching that fight to see, um, who I would score as the winner for that. Uh, look for Ra Tang to put on a nice Muay Thai destruction clinic. Absolutely. Um, It's going to be brutal. I, I, I love one FC for this aspect that they don't just do, uh, MMA Mm. fights. They also do, um, I said MMA. Uh, no, no, they you also you're do, right. I'm, I'm uh, agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Right. They also do Muay Thai as well. So 100%. this is gonna be a this is gonna be a this is gonna be a great fight. All right. Watch and it. then we and then we got Bellator 256 on Friday, April 9th. That's Bader versus Machida <laughs> two at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. You've got five fights on the card. Most of these fighters we don't know, but there's some that are uh you know former UFC fighters, and so we'll just shout them out real quick. We got Goti Yamauchi. Uh, versus Dan Moray. Um, we've got Adam Borix versus Jeremy Kennedy. Um, we got Kat Zingano, Alpha Cat Zingano versus Olivia Parker. Um, Liz Carmouche, the gorilla, um, versus Vanilla Porto, Vanessa Porto, sorry, Vanessa Porto. And then in the main event of the evening, we got Ryan Beta versus Leota Machita. Um, so here we go. Let's pick the main event of the evening. Ryan Bader versus Leota Machida. Do you think, and I'll start with you, Kalechi, do you think Ryan Bader gets that one back, or is Leota Machida going to be 2-0 versus ba- Ryan Bader? Bader's got this. I think Machida's uh, lost too much of a step. He's he's slow, always been a good counter-striker, and uh, I just don't know. Uh, I feel like Bader's just still somehow found his second wind, whereas Machida's just holding on. All right. John Keyes. Uh, I see Machida taking this one again because it's, he may he may be slower, but he he hasn't really lost it. I I look to his cunningness and his tricks, the tricks up his sleeve that he's been using for years to compensate for his speed. Uh, I also have Leota Machida in in this fight. Um, not because Ryan Bader can't win this fight; it's the fact that Leota Machida still drinks his own urine, and so therefore. He uh he is able to stave off uh aging. Um in the <laughs> Does he do it does he do it with like seltzer water or I, anything I don't know. like that's that? The, I mean he, that's the thing that I've always talked about, Leona Machida, is the fact that the dude lemon? drinks oh. his own lim uh, drinks his own uh, urine. Yeah. Or at least he did. And and it's 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 documented, it's on the internet, it's a thing that he does. I don't know why he does it. I guess it is indeed sterile, so there you go, but I I can't imagine that being something that you want to actually consume. It's a waste product. Um, I was gonna drink my wa- drink some water here, but I'm a pass. I'm good. <laughs> and Saturday we've got UFC Vegas 23 Vittori versus Holland. Saturday, April 10th, 2021, at the Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. We have uh, five fights on the card: Mike Perry versus Daniel with an I E L, Daniel. Rodriguez, um, Nina and Sarah versus Mackenzie Dern. I feel bad for uh, for Amanda Nunes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, her wife is is getting ready to get chewed up and spit out. Um, <laughs> Smiling we Sam Alvey is fighting Julian Marquez, and you got Kyle Dawkins versus Elias Cobb uh, Kizarev. Uh, in the in the co-main event, 
Oh, actually, no, it's not. There's six fights on the card. Nah. Arnold nah, Allen versus Sodiq Yusuf. Mm-hmm. And then um, you've got in the main event, Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. So anybody picking against Kevin Holland? I mean, he's a hometown hero. I'm on the hype train. I'm picking Kevin Holland, you know, sight unseen. So, you know, yeah. anybody going against Kevin Holland? Nope, but I'm jumping on this train. All right. So hopefully he said he is not going to be talking as much. He's going to listen to his coaches in the corner, which he didn't do against Derek Brunson. And so we hope to see a, a much improved and elite, you know, fighter that he is versus Marvin Vittori, who is the only person to give trouble to Israel Adesanya. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. All right, follow us on social media on Instagram. I'm at Combat Sports Talk Kalechi. I am at Push Pull Prey. And John Keys. And I'm at Keys to Victory, and that's Keys with an E S. You know, uh, Coach George G Money Stallworth wasn't able to join us tonight, but he is at Darkside underscore Muay Thai underscore. And you can find us on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com, where you can find this episode and all the archives going back to Combat Sports Talk Episode 1. I want to send a shout-out to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, Bloody Elbow, and the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group, and all the other sites where we are getting our stories from for this show. So on behalf of John Keyes and Kalechi, KC Onyebuchi, my name is Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. We'll catch you next time.